Oh, Dopey, I'm okay with. <laughs> but it ain't hot. Sometimes I got I got a real twang to my voice. Like we just back in the woods looking for some trash pandas. Yeah, it, it does. I mean, I think that's partly just us, but... Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I have a weird accent. And when I was looking for that raggedy old trash panda, there was that Van Gogh, and I shot, boy, that was pretty. <laughs> Your hillbilly's getting better. You, you do, I'll, I'll do my Scotch-Irish, and you do your hillbilly. I think I think that'll be... A written tootin' time as well, be. <laughs> Thank you. I think that adds a lot to the energy. It does? Uh-huh. Okay, I good. Like it. I like energy. I like it. Mostly diesel fuels. You sound like Festus from um, <laughs> Gunsmoke. Yeah. Mr. Dale, Mr. <laughs> Dale. <laughs> but I'm going to do it in a hillbilly voice. In the hillbilly voice? Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> Shoot. Shoot. Okay. Give me something, girl. Get so nervous. Yeah, I don't like doing the, like the straight on. I can do the little quips. Like you do monologues much better than I do. I get all nervous and tongue tied. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> all right, here I go. Hello and welcome to the Ducks Never Waver Lunch Break, where you get food for thought and can rejuvenate to Sally Forth. Join the dynamic duo, Edwin and Megan, as they explore topics of gravitas and pomp brought to the brink of absurdity and thrown off, down, down, down the precipice of ridiculousness. Today, we are talking about food, from fuel to festival. Or sustenance to celebration. Vittles to virtuosity. <laughs> virtuosity. Vittles Gr- from vir- no. From grub to greatness. Oh, that was a good one. I was trying to come up with a hillbilly. Like I don't think they would say sustenance, or would they? I think they would say yeah, vittles. Vittles. Yeah, vittles to to a very good time. <laughs> There you go. Do the whole thing. No, like the Vittles part. From Vittles to a very good time. (laughs) 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 All right. So we are talking about food because we are excited because it is it is nummy nummy season. It means that Thanksgiving is. around the corner christmas is coming new year's and this is typically the time when people eat a lot of food give a lot of food have a lot of parties drink a lot of booze yep all all nine yards so this is usually do you think people really gain weight this time of year because that's that's the thing oh no watch out for turkey day come get 50 pounds heavier i think uh not from the 
so like if you say the major holidays are Thanksgiving, Christmas Eve, Christmas, we'll even throw in Boxing Day and New Year's Eve, right? Mm-hmm. That's what right. people yep, would yep, consider yep, yep. standard holidays unless, you know, you're Jewish or something else. No. From those those four or five days, no. I think where you can run into trouble is the overabundance of candies and carby carby goodness from leftovers leftovers and all the other parties you have or like the gifts that you get i i think you i think it can make a difference depending on where you're at in your in your health right like if you're Mm -hmm. but i i'm just saying i don't i really don't think enjoying the season is going to make or break your health i i really don't think that it hasn't been my experience, but... And things go in season, so you're like, okay, this is the holiday season. Well, it's going to swing back, like... I mean, honestly, like, historically, after the holidays, you kind of go into that fast season, right? Like, you would... Yeah, there's Lent. You would go into Lent, and then you have spring I, again. I never realized it until I got a little bit more into gardening and, and, like, reading just more historical stuff about how spring would actually be the hardest time not winter per se because you have all your stores but by the time you're done with winter your stores are exhausted and nothing's really grown yet yeah you're just waiting and waiting and hoping that things thaw out quickly Mm -hmm. and that's the thing too with lent it was more of a partly it was something that naturally happened but with a purpose behind it like yeah the the larder is is empty but here is a reason for it. Like here's like, here's a mindset to work through through it. Like there's you know that's it's calling you to to God and to think like rely on Him in this fast season. Even like and and realize that there are seasons of feasting and seasons of fasting. Kind of a way to change the narrative. I think so. Kind of, and it kind of shows you that there's you know God works in time and God works in a calendar and that it was to show the people that your suffering has a higher purpose. Mm -hmm. Like the lean times will produce fat times. I I never know what the opposite of lean times is. It is fat times. It is fat times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So that's, that's interesting to me, like learning about that. Like that spring actually is really hard because there's this, the stagnant moment where Mm -hmm. you're waiting for the garden to revive and, you're waiting for your animals to give birth and yeah so whereas now the time of feasting is it's all the time well <laughs> i mean much. yeah but like now no I, I mean like these these fall holidays and then getting to christmas and so on it's the perfect time to eat a bunch because not yeah. everything's going to last either you got right. eat you got eat everything before it spoils too Oh, sure. And that's, and that's what the, the biggest thing you're like, oh, should people freak out about what they eat during the holidays? I, I would say 
know unless you have other health concerns besides weight fluctuation. Mm-hmm. You know, like for me, like I dairy really bothers me, gluten really bothers me. I'm not going to go ham on those things, right? Like because only on the ham, only on the ham. Then I go ham. You know, I'm not going to be dumb if that makes sense. <laughs> You know, like, yeah. like it, it doesn't mean just like, oh, throw out everything, you know, and like, yeah, certain foods bother me. So it's not like I'm going to go crazy like that because I don't want to set my health so far back. But if you're a healthy person, just just eat the box of chocolate. Besides, it's cold out. You need a little bit more insulation. I, I, I think so. And I, I think honestly, it is... I think a lot of food, and this is the diff- like one of the difficult parts about food, is food is very much surrendering to God and resting in God because he is the one that makes it work for your body. Like, he is the one that, that blesses the food, and he's the one who gives you the food. And I think sometimes we try really, really hard to control the food instead of looking at long term trajectories does that make sense like instead of looking at like seasons and like this is yeah and And then like kind of relaxing into that this is the season for feasting this is the season to slim down slim down to everything turn 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 there is a season turn 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 and a time for every purpose under heaven. Sun's out, bun's out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I guess, I guess for for me, like, I I think I've I've struggled with food in numerous ways. Uh, but the hardest for me was um, that there was a point in my life where every time I ate. I would have the most excruciating pain. Mm-hmm. You didn't want to eat anything. I didn't want to eat anything. And it becomes not only will it cause me pain. Uh, like, so, so you try to, you try to control the pain, right? Like you're like, okay, so I'm not, I'm not going to eat. So basically at one point I was eating like one and a half meals maybe, or maybe one meal and I a day, a day. And I didn't even want to do that. Um, I remember that I would eat, like my, I would probably, like the first thing I would eat in a day, like if I, I'm trying to think now, back, going back, what, probably like five, four or five years. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, so like I would go to work and I would wait to eat because, uh, working as a nanny, I would wait to eat till everyone was sleeping. So that would be one, two o'clock. And then I would curl up in the fetal position on the couch for like however long the nap was. And that's how, how long it took for the pain to subside. And so then that kind of changes your relationship with food. You know, it doesn't taste good anymore, and it doesn't feel good anymore, and that makes it really difficult to eat. And then later on, some things would, you know, it got the pain got a lot better, but then randomly, it would hit hit again, and it would be something that I ate fine two days ago, and then all of a sudden I can't. So then that that fear of is this going to hurt me, 
you know, so that is interesting to me how complicated food gets. And that's the thing, like, you would think, like, oh, a podcast about food. Well, we eat every day, right? Mm-hmm. Or we do. almost every we day. Should, if you're normal. You, you have, you have you know, a certain lim- limited amount of time that you can't eat, and then you're going to poof. So. <laughs> yeah, although the longest water fast was over a year long. Okay, but, I mean, there's a set time. Yeah. But a, a year is a long, long time. He was a big boy. <laughs> but, you know, so it's, it's interesting how complicated our minds get. Like, there's you know, emotional eating or emotional not eating, right? So that's, it's interesting how complicated it gets. And then not only how complicated the preparations of it are and how complicated what certain foods do to the body. And the complicated social networks you have around food. Yeah. Yeah. Food is extremely social. I mean, food... Everything revolves around food. If you get like really down to it, yeah, you work so that you can eat, and then you eat so that you can work yeah. so that you can eat again. It's amazing how handcuffed to food we are. Yeah, I mean, like, and if you look at it, every industry goes back to supporting food production. Yeah, and I think. That is where the idea of food is only fuel becomes very depressing. I don't even know if that many people can really even believe that. I don't. I don't know. Because you have to. Because like, you, like, I, if you start just like if you start trying to remove food, I think people try to remove food and just say like, "Oh, this is just tanking up the engine." I'm going to basically ignore it, just eat the best foods I can. But God has made it so tied into the complexities of his world and how we are dependent on him, but also how glorious food is. It's like how wonderful it is that once you start trying to think of it only as fuel, you're, it, it gets to be sad. Yeah. Although, I don't know. I, I think you it's hard to get away from it being amazing. Like, to think of it just as fuel. Like, even if you're, a like, a bodybuilder and you have to eat six times a day and it, what you're mostly eating is rice and chicken, like, a lot of those guys really enjoy it because, mm-hmm. like, they feel good because they just ate. Yeah. And that's the thing, too. Like, if you start looking at it that, you know, there's there's so much evidence that food heals, right? Like, what you put in, you get out. Chickens go in, pies come out. Right, to a, a certain extent, right? So if you're eating clean, you're going to see the benefits of that, right? Uh, so that, you, then it is, like, is, yeah. is technically, then, fuel. But... And technically medicine. And technically medicine. But I think it's so fascinating that this dead green thing mixed with this dead red thing mixed with this dead brown thing can heal my body and make it strong and give energy and like not only that but taste delicious. Like it 
and make you have a good time with friends yeah and family yeah yeah it's really incredible i think that's the incredible thing is that you eat dead stuff except for yogurt really well like kimchi and like cultured stuff yeah yeah although i mean you're always so we had this big discussion about dirt like is dirt actually alive i feel like this is going to be the same conversation is sauerkraut alive it's alive Oh, it's alive. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. No. Yes. No. I don't. There's I don't. things on the sauerkraut that's but alive. But isn't there stuff on food all the time? Yes. So then everything is alive. Well, yeah, but like the, the lettuce itself is not alive right. anymore. And that's what I'm saying. Like the cabbage of the sauerkraut is dead. Is dead. Mm-hmm. And has been for a while. Actually, the fermented foods has been dead longer. Yes. If that's any comfort to you. <laughs> I don't think it is. Just like that aged beef. Yeah. No, exactly. It's been dead longer and it tastes more delicious. Mm-hmm. Mmm. Don't you guys just all want to go eat right now? It's dead stuff. But, like, the choices you make have long-term repercussions. And that's the thing, too, like, with all the, like, the health food. Oh, this food is healthy and this food is not healthy. I have found that... It so depends on where your body is at the moment. Like, what is good for your body is going to not be good for mine. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's almost like we have all different genetics and... Right, right. And different... Like, yep. And different goals. Basal metabolic right? like rates. your goals are very different than my goals. Yes, my goal is to eat everything I see. And you, you do that quite well. Thank you. Yeah, you're pretty good at it. I do my best. <laughs> Oh, do you know? <laughs> uh, so, so what's what's your diet kind of looking at like right now? Like, what what is your your time without the feasting? And then we'll get into to the feasting mm. later. But I I think it's just I like to know. Do you ever watch on YouTube like what I eat in a day? I find those so fascinating. I find everything about food exciting and fascinating. And when I'm too tired to cook and make my own recipes and like that that's something I've actually had to give up a fair bit. I'm still a good cook. Yeah. But I don't cook as as much as I would like to. But anyways, I basically live vicariously by people. Well, that's why that whole food network thing got so popular. I know, people I know, love true, to see other so people. Food network is better, but like YouTube is kind of fun because it's more like homesy, less I don't less know. Less polished. Less polished. But then more kitchen fires. But then there's people and they cut things wrong. I don't I don't. Like yeah. the film or the no, vegetables? No, no, the vegetables. Okay. I get, you're snobbish on both ends. I'm, so. I, well, yeah. Less so on the camera because I'm not very good at doing it. So, you know. Yeah. But that's that's the hard thing sometimes. Actually, there's this one show on the, on the Food Network where it's home cooks going up against a, a professional chef. Uh-huh. I get such anxiety watching that show. Like, it's fun to watch, but I get such anxiety. <laughs> So I'm like, oh no, oh no. no, you have to do that faster. No, no, don't do that. <laughs> you need to mince that. What's this? Ta-da. You mince. I did. <laughs> Not dice, mince. It's it's difficult. It's difficult when when you when you know something reasonably well. This is true, but it does help with your ego, and it makes you feel vastly superior to some poor It does, it does, and you know what? Sometimes you need that in your life. Sometimes you do. Sometimes it's okay, but I love teaching to how to cook. Like I I would say in person, I absolutely love it. My favorite thing about teaching people to cook is that people who don't know how to cook think cooking is magical, 
And then when you show them how to do something, they're like, that's it? That's so simple. I, I can do that. I was like, yeah, you can do that. Isn't that weird? The ma- like the whole magic mystique. Yeah. Like, what, what sorcery is this? How did you... What is this? A stew? What is this? It's, it's weird. Um, actually, talking about stews, first couple times I made soup, I'm like, that's it. You yeah, just put everything... Soup. soup is so weird. Soup is weird. Because you put everything in a pot, and then you cover it with liquid. And somehow it tastes good 90% voilà. of the time. Voila. <laughs> as long as you don't forget the salt... Yeah, yeah. No, but that's... soup, soup is is the most forgiving thing to to make. I think. Yeah, I, my 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 thing with soup though is sometimes it's boring. Well, yeah. So I find that sometimes it can be difficult to have a exciting soup. That's called, um, you need the toppings. Yeah, toppings really, really help. Yes, sometimes. Because, like, you have butternut squash, and it's beautiful, and it's creamy, and it's, it's, it's smoky and delicious. And it's so one note. And it's so one note. It's so boring. It's so boring. Well, because... I'm it... like, I make good soup, but it's boring. So you need to put, like, I like pistachios and bacon and olive oil. In a hard-boiled quail's egg. Oh, quail's egg would be really good. I've and never bacon. done that. I said bacon already. But more bacon. More bacon. <laughs> so cliched. Unbelievable. I'm married to a bacon freak. Oh, bacon, bacon is pretty pretty tasty. Mm-hmm. That pig knew what he was doing. Uh-huh. I know. Let's, let's, let's go on an ode to the pig. The pig has no purpose besides being yumminess. <laughs> That is its one goal in life, is to have delicious, fatty goodness. This, really? this is very true. Although, didn't they use them to help uh, clear brush away and till up the like, land? Goats and chickens. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. And there's other animals that do that. I mean, pigs are very effective at doing it. Yeah. But, but it's not like you're like, hmm, I sure can't clear this brush without a pig. <laughs> And then you get you get you know Wilbur in and and he clears everything out. No, it's like that's your meat. Yes. Uh, and it's it's quick. They're they're low maintenance. Uh, they eat everything. They eat everything. They eat eat your. Hardly they like, ever get sick. That was what they did during World War Two in England. Is that you would have community pigs and everybody would bring their food scraps and their garbage. Yeah. To feed this pig, so that at the end of the year you would have a little piece of. of pig to eat because there's no yeah. meat available they're just amazing creatures that you can just have yummy oh protein. yeah they're great yeah lots of good good protein there and you can use the the fat mm-hmm. in the day and back in the day they had more fat on hogs than they do now yeah. and all that fat you could use to make candles and soap and yeah we used animal grease a lot more than we do now mm-hmm. Actually, that's I, a... I hope there's kind of more of a push towards there's, i think there's, there's been a... more of a revolution towards lard again yeah well people are realizing that actually like fully saturated fats which yeah. is all animal fats are better for you yeah which is weird, right? We're just like, oh, let's They're use all told, these vegetables yeah. because all these vegetable fats are better because for you. Because it's vegetables. Right. Therefore healthy. 
And we had no idea that, you know what, they're actually not. Because yeah. we just don't, we metabolize them, them differently. differently. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's easier to metabolize. But we're not nutritionologists, no, so we're, we're not, not going to bore you we're, with we're that. Not, we're not going to say eat this, eat that. We're not doctors. We're, we're not nutritionists. But uh, this is anecdotal wisdom that is factual. No, it's not. I shouldn't say that because this goes on the internet. Uh, Mostly factual. <laughs> Mostly. <laughs> yes. Do what I say, but don't say that I told you to do it. Exactly. <laughs> Did I say that right? I think so. I think, I think, I think that's close enough. Uh, so, <laughs> that's, we like pigs. We like pigs here. So, you're going you're gonna to tell us what, what you're... Because, like, you're, you're oh. busy... You're a busy person. Can you uh, ha- can you have can you have good food when you're a busy person? I'm a hard working man. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. So no, like you you get tired and and you have to do the things and your wife has to do the things and so oh yeah right like twenty first century couple baby. Uh huh. to sacrifice good food then do you have to say that you know what it's it's gonna be just slop i sacrifice good food because of this difficult because like what what is good food that's the question that's your question for me no 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 no. simple yeah good food is food that is prepared well yeah Tastes good. Tastes, tastes, tastes exciting. Yeah. Pumps you up that you want to savor it. You don't want to just die because yeah. life is meaningless. You don't want to just shovel it in your face and hork it. Don't just hork it down. No, no, no. Don't just hork it down. <laughs> so, sometimes I just hork it down, but that's because it tastes good. Well, you can, yeah, there's the difference, but you know what I mean. Yeah, like, it's yeah. not like you're just like, deflated. I just got to get through this. Yeah. I find a lot of things. I don't hate a lot of things in terms of food, yeah. but but well, you, you weren't you you, you were wondering what, what what I like but to I'm eat. I'm saying like, do you sacrifice flavor? Do you find that like putting flavor into your food takes more time? Is more difficult? It's not it? more difficult. I mean, what you, how is it more difficult? Because like you just have your seasonings. That's what helps you make food great. You have salt and you have pepper, and like right away there, you're stepping things up a notch if you use salt and pepper properly and effectively. And then you can sprinkle a little cumin and coriander, which are best buds spices, by the way. They go hand in hand. And they're, they're a cute couple. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I love playing with paprika, especially smoked Spanish paprika. And I don't find it, it takes. Like, how does, does how does, does it, it take, take more time does it to take put? More time? Okay, well, how about using fresh ingredients? Does that take way more time? Is that impossible for people to do? Honestly, if you look at how long it takes to thaw and make frozen dinners, as opposed to making fresh some fresh dinners, um, you're looking at maybe twenty five percent time increase for the fresh dinner, and. Let's be honest. The real reason that frozen dinners have taken off in America is because everybody's lazy. 
Well, that's I, that's yeah, the thing. No, that's the, 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 the honest question that you, that you asked me is like, what? It's not that it takes so much time. It's that at the end of the workday, do you feel like cooking? Right, which is why I was asking you, how do you manage to make yummy food mm-hmm. while working a full time job? Certain but things the, are, are are possible. So, right? and I, I I think too that it's a different, and this is touching on what you were already saying. It's a different mindset uh, that, and I think it's a way of, I, I think it's very empowering to say that I, I can make this. But it it's different steps. Because honestly, having prepared some frozen stuff, you are following instructions. And sometimes those instructions are just as confusing as a basic cookbook. And so I think it's just a different way of looking at food. Oh, it is. Because to put broccoli and chicken breast that's been coated in olive oil and za'atar and a few baby potatoes on a sheet tray in the oven Mm -hmm. is just as complicated as something that's frozen. But it's a different mindset. Because you're more in touch with the raw ingredients. And I think maybe, this is me just coming up with this right now. When you have something that's in a box or a bag, it feels less confusing because you can see the end product before it's the end product. And that's where that magical quality of food comes in. I, I think it's sometimes hard for people to look at a head of cauliflower and see it being a fried rice. Yeah. I, I or think like to look like, at this box of noodles and see a lasagna. Yeah. I think there's there can be this disconnect of like, I don't know where it can go. Yeah. I think the problem is once you start knowing how food works and so on, when you have prepackaged stuff, at least for me, I can't I can't leave it alone. So it always ends up getting gussied up, which is just which is, as much work. <laughs> it is just as much work, but you know what? That's fine too. And like, I'm not, I'm not saying that I never eat prepackaged things. Um, I'm trying to think what's the thing I eat the most prepackaged. Probably sauces. Yeah. You know, like barbecue sauce, and then I, I do my own thing on top of it, like you're saying. It's just a cheat code. It gets you there faster, right? Instead of having yeah. to go and like get the tomato paste and cook yeah. that down for a while. And I mean, something I'm a big fan of is. Uh, pre-chopped stuff that you can get. Yeah, you that get, is nice. You know, like, and sometimes the, the quality is a little bit iffy, but some most of the time is really good. So, like, you mm-hmm. can get pre-cleaned and chopped broccoli florets, salad, butternut squash cubes. Mm-hmm. Like, we've already covered sure. one of these times we said about how, how hard it is to cut butternut squash. Like, if you can get that cheap, yeah. go for it. Frozen spinach is just frozen, fine. Yeah, frozen spinach is amazing because... Because you're not wasting your money on air yeah. and water. Because when you buy a package of frozen spinach for $4, you're getting about three times as much as you would for a bag. At, at, half, the at cost. half the cost. So if you're cooking the spinach at any point of its life, just buy frozen. Yeah. Don't bother. It's just, like, if you, like wanna... you said, it's a complete waste. If you're making cream spinach for your fancy steak dinner. Yeah, do not buy fresh. Do not. And, and exciting news it probably has more nutrients in it because 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 because
Spinach loses 50-ish percent of its vitamin C and other nutrients within, like, I think, 12 to 24 hours of it being cut. Yeah. Whereas when it's frozen, they chop it and freeze it basically the same day. Yeah. So you're getting fresher spinach. It's like frozen seafood. Like yes. when you're getting frozen shrimp, it's not lesser quality shrimp. It's because probably it, more. It's probably better. better. Yeah. Yeah. It's more gooder. It's more gooder. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't get to answer what what my day, the one food day for me looks like. Yeah, go real fast. Okay, real fast. Start the day up. I stretch young and tumble out of the bed. <laughs> Fell out of bed and I stumbled to the kitchen Pour myself a cup of ambition And yawn and stretch and try to come to life Thank you, Dolly. <laughs> Sing it. I uh, started off uh, the day with uh, a protein shake that... Name your brand. Uh, it kind of depends, but I do like Jocko Milk. And what are you drinking right now, though? Uh, what is it called again? Vital Protein is the collagen. Yeah. I, I drink it, too. Yeah. I don't always drink beer, but when I do, I prefer those Zaki's. Stay thirsty, my friends. And I put, I have it with oat milk because apparently if I have too much regular milk, I get skin issues because apparently life is no fun. <laughs> what am I, what like 50? What are you whining about? I want to be able to put garbage in and get excellence out. Chickens go in, pies come out. <laughs> Just like when I was 19. That's fair. Anyways, and then I put two raw eggs in there, shake it all up, and I chug that down. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah, the raw eggs the make raw it. Eggs. Oh. You can get okay. eight. Basically, it's really weird, but the raw eggs, once you mix them up. Yeah. Uh, especially with the oat milk, it's almost like a custard. Yeah. It's, it's like very delicious. Pudding. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what's in custard. Yeah. yeah that's okay. Hey, it's like an anglaise. Every morning. <laughs> it's not very sweet. No, unless you get the, the, the Jocko. It's seasoned. Right. With, it's, it's seasoned. It's Se sweet. seasoned with sugar. <laughs> Monk. Liberally. <laughs> Monk fruit. Monk fruit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's healthier, yeah. apparently. Maybe. I I, maybe. It's. Nobody knows. Who knows? Nobody cares either. Who knows where the time goes? Okay. Who knows where the time goes? Who knows where the time goes? Less singing, more talky. All right, so I chug that on down. I get to jujitsu. And then once I'm done jujitsu, I like to eat a couple bananas because you need that potassium. Two? Yeah. You know that if you eat a banana and a cucumber, you get as many electrolytes and hydration as a Gatorade. But I more goodness. More gooder. More gooder. <laughs> well, okay. I don't like Gatorade. No, no, no. I know. I'm just saying because you're like saying banana, banana for electrolytes. Do, do like... bananas have magnesium? I think they have a little bit. Probably. I don't know, but I have dark, to say... Dark leafy greens are where you're going to get your, the most magnesium. Okay. Well, I have to say that since I've been more consistent about eating bananas and the protein in the morning, 
I get less muscle cramps at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah. And that's without even being very conscious about hydration. Because it's not just pure hydration, like water no, in. No, it's like with the cucumber, you're supposed to put salt on it. Ooh, I do like that. It tastes really good. Mm-hmm. Because you're basically turning it into pickle. Yeah. Really quick. So quick. Instantaneous pickle. That <laughs> yeah. doesn't taste like a pickle at all. It tastes like salty cucumber. Yeah, a pickle. <laughs> Anyways, with you. Okay, go ahead. Uh, lunch is usually some sort of leftover. So what would what would be leftover? Uh, let's say taco meat and beans, but no tortillas because mm-hmm. used up all the tortillas. Yeah, do you put any veg on it, or is it just beans? It's beans? usually beans, beans and, and meat. Beans, beans, the musical fruit. The more you eat, the more you chew. The more you chew, the better you feel. So let's have beans for every meal. I say you don't want to work in enclosed spaces with that <laughs> going in yet. Well, you don't mind so much, but your compadres, they, they don't they love notice. it. Yeah, they notice. <laughs> like, I don't want taco night last night. Yes. And then tacos for lunch. <laughs> um, and then you get home and you uh, go, that's a big day. Okay, time to cook. And so do you sit down or do you get, get cooking right away? Like, depen- do you, do you depen- take a break? Depends on the day. But typically... Typically, I'll take a shower first thing. Okay. And kind of, like, reset. Yeah. It's just better than tracing the mud everywhere. Although, uh, tonight, what I did is I made cookies. I made oatmeal cookies after getting home. Why did you make cookies? Because I had everything... <laughs> you wanted cookies. C is for cookie. That's good enough for me. C is for cookie. That's good enough for me. C is for cookie, that's good enough for me. Oh, cookie, cookie, cookie starts with C. These are oatmeal raisin cookies. They're practically a health food. Uh, yeah, besides... The... Besides the sugar and the butter. Yeah. Well, the butter's good. Butter's fine. And the sugar, it's only a cup of sugar. That's true. Divided between how many cookies did you make? Well, Six. I made, I made, <laughs> I made big cookies. I know you did. You always do. You make them like ginormous. I, You're like, like three was, fistfuls. It was five to a pan. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! You didn't yeah. even get six, dude. No, no, five to a pan because the one in the middle has to have room to spread out. Well, the one on the right was on the left, and the one in the middle was on the right, and the one on the left was in the middle, and the guy in the rear was a Methodist. Did they all stick together like last no, time you no, cookies? No, 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 because I only put five on. <laughs> <laughs> but that's for my lunch tomorrow. Cookies? Cookies. <laughs> <laughs> They're oatmeal raisin cookies. I They're like heart that. healthy. <laughs> I love the justification. I don't need no, justification. I, mean, I need no, calories. I mean, they're basic. They're probably even better than like they're probably better than granola bars. That's like all corn syrup and everything. Like yeah, that. well, actually, that's really fun because basically, I used up all the sweet stuff in the house. So I had oh. just a, I had just enough brown sugar and honey and regular sugar to make a cup of sugar. <laughs> oh really? So yeah. you mix it with honey. I'm yeah. Curious how that's gonna work. It was delicious. You had one already. I had two already. <laughs> You didn't bring any cookies? No, you... they're for me. I thought there was like dough in the in the fridge setting up. You made them already. I made made them. Made, made, them. made them. Yeah. <sighs> I even washed the dishes already. You, I removed the, e- the evidence. evidence. <laughs> and you're te- oh, you're telling all on the podcast. Well, the thing is there there's raisins in them, so I don't think my wife's going to eat them. 
I would eat them. <laughs> That's why you're not there. I didn't bring them for you. You guys, he's so mean. <laughs> what? Uh, one thing that's really super easy to make and is fun at the end of the workday to get together is have yourself an Instapot or a rice cooker. Start yourself a, a vat of rice. By the way, if you're going to make rice, season it as it cooks. So put some soy sauce in there. That's what I like to do is a mm. bunch of soy sauce. If you don't have soy sauce, put some salt in there. Oh, there's so many things that you can do while cooking rice. You can yeah. uh, put spice, like whole spices in. Like if you mm -hmm. have whole cumin and coriander, mm -hmm. again, our buddies, yep. uh, put that in there. Uh, you can chuck a garlic clove in there. You know what? If you want to be sneaky, just leave it on top and don't even peel it. It yeah. will still perfume it. And then later on, you can just take it out. Because if you're worried yeah. about it being too strong in garlic, uh, bay leaves, cook it in beef stock, like mm -hmm. chicken stock, whatever. You have so many options, like what you're saying. Like, oh, yeah. You can make it so tasty. Do yeah. you do my trick? Will you wash it? Well, you have to rinse your rice. Yeah. You don't have to. You should. But you don't have... <laughs> I'm just saying nobody, that... nobody's going to tell you how to live your life. That Okay, that's that's true. But if you want goopy, clumpy... All, all your... Just, this, this rice sticks to your ribs, I tell you what, boy. Oh, oh and just like all the grains blown out. Good advice, Edwin. Wow, really, really helping people out there. I was going to give, like, this is, again, like, kind of, like, for my health goals, getting enough protein. Oh, the quinoa? The quinoa. So Did I you notice I did that for you? I did. Did you yeah. do that just for me? Yeah, well, I was like, oh, it actually just sparked a memory that, oh, this is the way Megan does it. Oh, that would be kind of cool because I have quinoa and rice and I'll just What do did it. you think? I loved it. One of the things that I find helps manage my pain is when I make sure that I have lots of protein. I've I've noticed that more recently and I think it is because I've been able to work out more. Yeah. Um but really high protein and really high healthy fats, so like lots of mm -hmm. olive oil, coconut, animal fat, and then lower-ish carbs, but I don't worry about carbs. But since I try to stay away from gluten cuz it upsets my stomach, it's mostly things like Sweet potatoes or a lot of rice. I yeah. really, I really go to rice. So what I so, do, but like, is oh, if you're no, just to cut in there about the whole carbs thing is, like, I've noticed the complex carbs like rice and beans and so on. Oh yeah, beans I love. Um, when you stay away from like just processed carbs, it's yeah. just a good source of fuel. Yeah, and the yeah, and the thing is, is like I could go on and on about like how freshly milled wheat that still has the germ in it and that they're using and then it's sourdough and then like how that is better because i know for my own body i can eat sourdough but like if you're talking ye old squish bread doesn't make me feel very good right you know and it like technically yes it it's, has all the vitamins in it but it just doesn't make me feel very good uh so getting back to the rice and then and then you chop up some kind of protein, pork, chicken. What? I know I didn't give my tip though about the oh, rice. Oh, oh, sorry. We I, just have rice and we have quinoa. And we haven't put them together yet. Oh, you cook them together. You cook them together. They I thought that was self-explanatory. It's not self-explanatory. How much quinoa do you put in, and do you have to change the liquid ratio? And what do you do? And does it explode? And does it taste good? And is it weird and clumpy, or is it joyous and fluffy? So, <laughs> fluffy. <laughs> so. What do you do? 
how do you bring the two things? There's there's quinoa over here, and there's rice over there. And how do they come together? You put them in the same pot. Wow. Yeah. Wow, Edwin. Well, how do you do it? Well, what was the balance that you did? You did, oh. what did you do? 50-50, right? You did yeah. a cup of rice, a cup of quinoa. Yeah. And then how much liquid did you do? The same amount of liquid that you would for two cups of rice? Yeah. See, that's information people need to know. Well, you knew that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what are you asking me for? <laughs> I think Edwin doesn't understand how a podcast works. Malfunction. And then you just cook it till it's done. And which is about 15 minutes on the stove top. And then just yeah. cook it. Cook it like you're cooking the rice. The quinoa will follow. Yes. Quinoa follows rice. rice. <laughs> Makes no sense. No, it's from Top Gun. Yeah, but it sits behind goose. <laughs> quinoa sits behind goose. <laughs> quinoa sits behind rice. Wait, rice sits behind quinoa. <laughs> what is the joke? Goose sits behind Maverick. Okay. I think. So who's... I've never even seen that movie. Well, go on Prime and watch it, you, you big blob. Anyways, I don't have time because it takes me so long to make my rice dish. <laughs> Only on this podcast. It, it, <laughs> no, would, it, it would be, be dumb by now. By now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could have a, a week's worth of rice bowls. Yeah. You, co no, you cooked the rice. I cooked the rice. With the quinoa in it. Yes. Which and will actually be nice and fluffy. So if you don't like quinoa when it's cooked just regular, like just by itself, try it in rice because mm -hmm. it'll be delicious. It is nice. Now, then you find yourself some protein and you slice that up, chop it up, and season it with all the wonderful seasonings we've talked about already, including some ground ginger. Throw it in a pan with a bunch of bacon grease in it and fry it all in all up and get it nice and crispy. And while you're doing that, you... Fry yourself a couple eggs over easy, and you assemble the rice bowl with the rice and then the meat and then the egg on top of that. Serve with a little sriracha and soy sauce, and you're good to go. Yeah, and rice bowls are really fun because uh, they are good fridge clears. So anything that you've accumulated through the week, if you make a, you know, a new sauce... You know, if if you mix yeah. like I don't know, like you get get your soy sauce and your hoisin and your sriracha and gochujang, uh, it's like sesame oil. I don't know, whatever whatever you got, you make a sauce, make a sauce, and then you just drizzle that over all your leftovers, and you're gonna be like, whoa, new flavor combinations. I didn't know that this meal could go with that meal, and then it's all happy because it's over rice and you have an egg dripping over it, and it's it's a happy day. Mm -hmm. Just like frittatas, you can just Chuck in whatever you have. Oh, yeah. And whatever veg is going bad. Because I think that's the concern about, like, veg. That's, yeah. We do love our veg. Sometimes. I love veg. I love vegetables. Cruciferous vegetables. I love cruciferous vegetables. I love dark leafy greens. I love root vegetables. I love vegetables. They are so fun to cook because they take seasoning so well. They'll just take whatever you give them, and they'll just be so delicious. And when you get them so crispy and roast them really hard in the oven, like, if you don't know how to cook something, any ingredient, just 
stick it in a really hot oven. Like get it to 400, put it on a sheet pan, drizzle some get olive Get it oil, brown. Just get it brown, get it cooked, and it will be good. Mm-hmm. It will be gooder. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like vegetables, vegetables I love, but sometimes they start going bad because you didn't get to them and you know you have to clean them, cut them, what what a and so make a frittata, get some get your nonstick pan out and then your olive oil and crisp up the, the veg and pour some eggs over it and bake it. Oh yeah. So good. So easy. Because that's dinner, because like you got your egg protein. It's cheap dinner because you're you're using what's in the garbage that's in your fridge that's gonna go bad. Yeah. And then you're you're putting some protein on it. And I mean if you have sausage and bacon, bonus, thanks to Mr. Pig. Uh yeah. so like you can do that, but like technically it's a full meal with just uh, the eggs. Oh yeah. And it's it's so fancy. And I like that's something like a frittata is something you can totally entertain with. Because I want to I turn this. Maybe we'll Especially if you, like, to... make a little arugula salad for the side. Oh, gorgeous. Well, hello, gorgeous. Hello, gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, and kind of shifting this more to, the, like, the festival and, like, modern-day festivals. Like, I, I, we don't have festivals like they did in Exodus or, like, tabernacle times. Or is it tied to, like, a... Um... A religious calendar per se right and we don't celebrate them in in the same way mm-hmm. uh so the little lamb doesn't go bah, bah, bah. <laughs> but I, I mean i think like honestly there as that that celebration over a big hunk of roast beef and roast animal and you know the strong drink and the you know like the i, I think that idea still holds right like that's oh still, yeah like we still have that, but I'm just saying we're not quite celebrating in the same way. But we can celebrate by having people over into our houses, right? Like, not even just for holidays, but you can celebrate and have feast days and have people over. Well, and yeah. some, and I think it's intimidating to have somebody over for a multitude of reasons. There's probably some deep psychoses going on there. Maybe you just don't like people valid that's me most of the time there's like three days a year that i like people i have this working theory that most people are actually introverts i think that introvert extrovert is a whole bunch of hogwash and i think people spend way too much time navel gazing worrying about whether they are getting enough human interaction or not it's really not something to worry about. I'm just saying, in the world, people keep bringing up introvert, extrovert. And I'm like, if you are lonely and want to be with a person, find a person to be with. If you are not lonely and don't want to be with a person, don't be with a person. It's not that complicated. We don't need to label ourselves as a thing. Well, I mean, that's all very succinct and clear. Was it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Do you agree? Or do you like to label yourself as a thing? Well, I guess I just haven't met very true extroverts. No, I haven't either. Because I feel like everybody gets drained of human company at some point yeah. or another. And the thing is, is like every 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 person is is different because people who label themselves extroverts that get exhausted being around certain kinds of people. Yes. I think there's people in this world that give you energy, and there's people that take energy from you. 
there's always going to be givers and takers in your life and you want to be with the givers more but you're going to end up being with the takers sometime and that's just how life is suck it up buttercup pretty much i don't know that's that's my hot take right now so but i was i was saying that you can make your frittata and have somebody over and have a wonderful time i know I don't, I don't think like the food served is always necessarily like the most important thing for having a good time at, at a party. Ooh, 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 ooh. Okay. So now we're getting into what makes a festival a festival. Yeah. I slightly disagree. Well, I didn't get to I... formulate my thoughts completely. Well, you just said something and you cannot just say something and, uh, expect me to roll over and die and say, yes, you're right. It'd be nice once in a while. It would be nice once in a while, but it's not going to happen. Okay. Because would you like to try again? <laughs> do you want me to No, because I'm, I'm already in the trap and it's okay. No, no, no. You can, you can say it again. Well, what I said is, it, what I thought I said what was very blasé and, and it was all... <laughs> well, it was all of the things you say are blasé. Well, it was very like qual- qualified. I said, I said it's not necessarily dependent upon what... Not, I said not necessarily dependent upon what you are serving in order to have a good time at your festival. But is a festival about the food? Yes. So then it does kind of matter. Yes, the food needs to be front and center, but what that particular food is doesn't matter too much. Are you saying that there's not a hierarchy of what is classified fancy food and what is classified non-fancy food? Are you saying that I there's think... not a hierarchy that as long as it, it it tastes good and fits the mood that is acceptable? Is that I'm what you're saying? Sa- I'm saying in the proper setting, you can have as good a time serving hot dogs as you could frog raw. So you're, you're, you're saying that there's not a hierarchy? Yes. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that I agree with. See? See, people? You thought Megan was going to crush me into the dust of the earth, but it, we well, actually agree. the answer. <laughs> Can't believe this. This no. show's over. I'm out of here. Well, I fired you like six times already. So. Yeah, you can't fire me. I quit. <laughs> oh, I see. Uh, uh, no, I, I agree. Uh, okay. But I do think that when you're talking about a festival, when you invite someone to a party, when you invite someone over, and I would say, unless you have someone over a lot, where it's like, come out, you know, come every week for, for you know, or every other week for, for dinner and you know, a chill time. Yeah. Right. Like that's different. But like, if you invite somebody over that you don't typically invite and you say, we would like to have you over for dinner. That is a, what I would classify a dinner party. Yes. Uh, so I do think there is an expectation of having something that is a little bit extra. And that little bit extra can just be serving something that you know that the guest likes, but doesn't typically get to eat. Like hot dogs. Another great thing to do is that if you go on a trip, that you share that trip experience with people that you have over for a dinner party. That can be really fun. That can be so fun. And it can be 
I think really special because let's say like we went to New Orleans, right? And then you have people over and you make gumbo for them. And then they get to feel like they're part of your life, right? Yeah. Like vacation is often like such a private thing. Yeah. Which is fine. Like you need to take You a can't break. take everybody you with can, you. No. You can't take all your, your pals with you. But I think that's such a cool thing that you can say, we learned about this new culture and we got to partake in this and like now we can celebrate again and it's like yeah. a vacation all over again and you know, that, that's such a fun moment. Yeah. Uh, oh, so, we did that even when we went to Brazil. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was just cool. That's so cool. Because, like, how many people get to do that? Yeah, and the thing is, is, like, once you do the recipe, then you can have people over. And, like, six years ago, we went here, so yeah. enjoy now, our food. We, well, it's a great conversation starter, too, because yes. you're linking the food to stories. Yes, and food is a story. And I think that's where the festival idea comes in, is that... Uh, the biblical festivals is tied to a story, mm-hmm. right? Like you're doing this, like you're remembering Passover or your, you know, the feast of, of tabernacles and right. Like it's linked to God's story, like God's people, like that's, it's, it's linked to their history. So it's yeah. not only just yummy food, but it's about partaking in a story. It's partaking in time and partaking in a moment. And I, I, I think that's the glorious thing about food. <laughs> one of the glorious things about food is that you are in time, right? You are, when you're cooking, you have to be honed in. You have to be in that moment. Oh yeah. And when you're eating, you have to be present at the table, right? And and that's, that's where, and you're in that moment and you're creating those, you're creating new history, but you're also remembering old, like old sharing old stories and I think that's when you're you're swapping those stories back and forth and the food is delicious and, you know, you're creating this new memory based on history. And yeah. I, I think that's where food is so emotional and is so packed with stories. Like, yeah. everything is. No, you just made something clear to me that food is an art form that's like mu- music. It is in one moment only, right? Because music, yeah. you hear it sequentially right so you hear it and it goes away yeah so you can't it's like it's not like a painting where you get to keep looking at it for as long as you want music it goes by you like in time and that's it but food's the same way you taste it once you swallow it it's gone yeah And, and and you can and you can make that recipe again Never have that recipe again, oh no. that one in there it has nothing to do with what i'm saying you can make that recipe again well maybe it does actually because you can make the recipe again but it's never going to be exactly the same yeah it's like the cake got left out in the rain exactly (laughs) (laughs) i love that song is so camp and so weird and just actually like the more i listen to it the more i love it yeah let's listen to macarthur park like that's it it will it will make you feel something (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so 
that's and the and that's the thing too. Like what you're like what you're saying is, what you remember is you can't retaste food in memory. Yeah, it's like pain that way. You can't refeel the pain, but you can remember that you had pain. Anyways, you can remember that you had food, and you can remember it well, tasted really that's good. Well, that's joy and pain are like the yeah. same that way. And that and and like so you can remember, but you remember the time that you had it in. Like, do you ever have it like where people are like, "Oh, I don't, I, I really don't like this food," and then you ask, like, you ask why, and you kind of dig a little bit, yeah, and you investigate and you find out like there's this deep seated trauma against this, you know, green. Bean. Yeah, you know, like, like he had a battle with a green bean. Yeah, you know, or just like they're like, I don't know why I don't like it, and then like you kind of do the digging, and it turns out that they had something really bad happen or just a really unpleasant time. Yeah, and then they associate it on the food they take out their anger on the food yeah uh but that happens with in in positive right you have a really great time you're like this food is going to be the best yeah all the time well you get that a lot of times with like restaurants that you like to go to like sometimes the restaurant isn't all that great but you really like going to the restaurant because every time you go there you have a really good time because of the people you're with and and whatnot yeah and the and and honestly the vibe is important and Mm -hmm. i think I, I think going being a little less harsh on what you said at the beginning, the the tone you set, the vibe you set, is as important as the food. The food will not hold it up. Yeah. Entirely, it well, really really helps. Yeah. But it doesn't hold it up entirely, right? Well, so, just think about it. If you go to somebody's place and they're super stressed out about this recipe that they've never done before, and they're burning it, and they're or they're almost burning it and they're burning themselves because they just don't know what they're doing and they're scattered and they're not talking to you. Do you have as good a time as if they had made you a really nice grilled cheese with a soup? Sometimes, like, no. Yeah. And I mean, like, you hope that as the guest, you turn it into a funny story and as the host, yeah. you turn it into a funny story because we have totally had it. Having people over where the dang roast didn't cook. And it yep. was in there. It was in there for a long time. And it got put in there for a longer time. And it just was not cooking. So then we just pull out every snack that you have in the fridge. And you just make a big story about it. You just yeah. make it a funny I guess thing. today we're eating roast at 9.30 at night. Yeah. And that's what we did. And so now, like, you just, like, think you harken back. You're like, remember that story again? Yeah. Like, that thing that, yeah. that happened? That... Oh, come over for dinner. We're, we're going to have roast this time. Don't worry. We put it in two weeks ago. You know? Yeah, exactly. So then you have a thing. And people love things. Yeah. Uh, so... You know, t- turn it into a funny thing. But I do, like, I agree with what you're saying, though, about how, you know, you do have to set a tone as a as a host and follow it as a guest. Yes. Being a guest, you, it's not a passive act. Absolutely not. I, we could, we, how, let, let's, a little micro study here, a little workshop. Ooh. How is one a good guest to a dinner party? I think as a, as a guest, you want to bring... The conversation. Uh, I or like realize that it's going to be m- more conversation about you. I don't because I, I I think as a host you are in a position of service so that you are going to try to like instigate good conversations. But as the guest, since you're not doing the cooking, you're not doing the cleaning, you're not you know really bringing any of that. You want to bring your your smiles and your stories and and be open 
that's what I kind of like, and it's really not that hard. Mm-hmm. And it's like, be yourself. I'm not saying to be like some weirdo that comes, oh, okay, I have 16 stories I have to tell this evening. Uh, you know. You ever hear this one about the time I was chasing this white whale? <laughs> <laughs> Can you do that? You should do that. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, like, and obviously, like, your host is going to have stories, too, and it's all, you know, 50-50, even Steven, but you should do the white whale story. Oh, my goodness. But tell it from your perspective. Next time you go over to somebody's house, please do that and tell me how it works. Okay. Please. <gasps> no, because I, but, like, don't, I don't know, just normal conversation stuff is what I would say, and... You know, Showing up with a bottle of wine helps set the mood. Yeah, I think that's nice. If you if you want to. Or, like, uh, having a little hostess gift. Although, I mean, honestly, things are so expensive nowadays. I understand yeah. if you don't want to. However, okay. that being said, the flip side of that is so expensive nowadays. Yeah, to have people over. To have people over show up with something that's to true. express that gratitude. That, that gratitude at the at the forefront. Yeah. I don't know. What do you What do you think about that and what do you think about how to be a good guest i would say be punctual which Mm, means mm -hmm. which means being punctual if you got out the door early great on you but park down the block where they can't Mm -hmm. see you Mm -hmm. until it's five minutes to when you're supposed to show up yeah you can be five minutes early or 10 minutes late five five minutes early 10 minutes minutes late late. uh you will at least instill... in North, at least in North American culture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you will instill panic if you. I mean, it's fine if you come early, but it depends. It depends. Don't come too early. If you come a half hour early, that's oh, no, no bueno. Half, half an hour, ten minutes early is fine. Yeah, uh, that's. But also expect that if you do come early, that you might just have to sit down and wait a minute. Yeah, that they might not actually be ready for you. Yeah. Uh, that things might not be as smooth at the beginning as you thought they would be because they're actually not ready for you. Yeah. <laughs> just just realize that. Do you think a, a, a guest brings brings anything else? Like, um, like it, it, it depends. Is, uh, you, are, no. you are in a position of ser- like being served, which can be really hard for people. And I love it when people ask if they can help, but also realize that if they say no, don't feel bad. Like if right. they say, I don't need your help, you are not in a position of being unkind. You are not in a position. Yeah. They they just want to serve you, and they want to serve you in this way. And enjoy it. And just relax. Because if it. you enjoy it, that that shows gratitude. Yes, it does. And um, that's yeah. all they're asking. Yeah, just relax and, and be, be served. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then with that coming on time, I think also just like knowing when it's time to leave. Mm. Um, that's always a little bit harder. That's hard. That's really hard. I don't know. That's really hard because sometimes you're just having a rip-roaring good time. Yeah, but see, that's the thing, though. If if, if you're having a rip-roaring time, that's fine. But try to, like, see if there's there's cues. Sure. I'm just saying this as sure. something that I am not good at. I'm not good at always picking up the cues if I'm having a good time and mm-hmm. other people are getting tired. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's one thing, like, as a host, I'm, I'm, I know I'm not very good at it. Like, sometimes you have to kick people out. Yeah. Well, and... the, the, the good thing about in the Midwest, you can just slap your knees really hard and go, whelp. <laughs> I mean, I would just say, 
be considerate of when you're invited. If you're invited on a weeknight, don't make it that late. If you're invited on Saturday night, don't make it that late because y'all have church in the morning. Yeah. Right? If it's Friday night, hang loose. Like, party all night. Party all night. Like, you know, consequences will be, you know, followed through on the <laughs> next day. I mean, but like, you know, don't don't be dumb. Don't don't be dumb people. What do you so let's do the flip side. Yeah. How are you a good host? And what do you what have you experienced where you thought it was really good of the host? Mm. That you want to emulate. That I want to emulate. Well, um, my parents are very good hosts and, and we are I think I've been on the side of, of hosting more than being hosted. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I love. Yeah. I I love. I love that. I I like I like the, the energy and the, the, uh, running around and like it's a. I like the time restraint and I think it's, it's it is because I'm a bit of a procrastinator or I like that hyper focus that mm-hmm. you are in this moment. Yep. I love that. It's like this. They're here. Yeah. They have to eat. It has to. It has to come together. Like there's yep. there's no, messing up now. I mean like you can mess up. And I do, but... Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. You know, but you know what I mean. Like, you're in that moment, right? There's that excitement of, like, oh, that... Like, I always get... I don't know why. It doesn't matter how well I know the person. I always get knots in my stomach before somebody comes. Oh. I don't know. It's weird. I would say that I find I do my best cooking when it's entertaining because there's something about the pressure... That just makes you super sharp. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like it's and not you, it's not like bad butterflies. Yeah, but, it's but like, like you get a performance butterfly. Yeah. But like I've had some ideas that are just like I have no idea where that idea came from. And it probably wouldn't have happened if it was just like a regular weeknight dinner. Yeah. Just like the guests, you want to bring the energy. Uh huh. You know, you, you have to realize that you, you are in this this position of, of energy and uh, have some have some questions in the back of your mind. Kind of prepare like if if it stalls, like if the conversation stalls, what is something that I can talk about? And it's gonna depend on who you're having over. Yeah, and, and like, it's, it can be like natural stuff. But I would say my biggest tip. For are I'm, you really concerned about walls in the conversation? Dead dead air. Yes. You don't like it. I I mean I don't mind if it slows down for a bit. And I don't mind if one person ends up talking for a while. But I find that if it's a question, question dies. A question, question dies. I find it it, it can be kind of hard because what you want to start is a volley where it's not a full question. That it's things that build off the other thing that you, you said. Yeah. So, so that it's not like, how's work? Oh, it's good. I did this, this, and this, and that. Cool. How's your spare time? Well, I do that. You know, like, you know what? You want to be like, oh, I didn't know that. How about this? And like, you want it to build off of, like, if you're talking about work, you want to build it, build it. Mm-hmm. Uh, which can be hard, right? It's, it's, but I mean, I guess don't, don't fear the silences, but have stuff in your back pocket. And if the food is good, that's always a good thing to talk about. Yeah. I think people should talk about the food. This is, this is a, maybe a controversial thing, or maybe you weren't taught to do this. Uh, you being the listener, not you, Edwin. Oh, okay, good. Because I think you and I had pretty similar upbringings. Very similar. <laughs> so, it is okay to talk about the food, like is when it's when it's positive. Yeah. Do you, Do you think people think? I that's think people not... feel embarrassed about talking about the food. Really? Yeah. Why? Because I think 
uh, there's some people that don't take compliments well. Oh. So then they get nervous, like, oh, thanks. Well, I, you know, couldn't find this ingredient, and then I didn't do, you know, and they, and then they get worried about, so the the mm. host doesn't take the compliment well, and then the person doesn't know if they should say it. Um, and I think there's just some people that that don't think to say anything about any, the food. anything about the food, and you can say like, oh, this is really, you know, interesting. What did you use here? And oh. You know, and if you can't come up with anything to say, you can just say it's delicious. Like, that's always valid. Um, yeah. I mean... But I'm always surprised that, like, there's some people that really do talk about the food, and there's some people who really don't. Yeah. And so... Just, I think just some because, people just need to learn the vocabulary for talking about food, though, too. I know, but you can say if, you, if you're enjoying it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm really enjoying this. Yeah. Or, like, what did you call this again? Or, you know what I mean? Like, you can... Yeah. But don't... I would say as a host, don't take it personally if someone doesn't say anything. It doesn't mean that they hated it. Yes. Like if, So if maybe they... try a different dish next time they come. Yeah. But just realize that sometimes people just don't think to say it or don't yeah. don't know to say it or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I, I would say the biggest thing that I have learned hosting is do things ahead of time. And it will be the silliest, silliest thing that you're like, oh, I don't need to do that. That takes me two seconds to do. I don't need to do that ahead. If you can do it ahead, do it. Mm -hmm. If there is something that you can cut ahead of time, cut it. If there is a sauce you can make ahead of time, make it. You know, anything. And also, like, what's even better is if you have a dish that can can be completely done before they even get there oh yeah and not just like minutes before they're done but like a day before they get there yeah no that i think it's so much more relaxing for you oh yeah and i've had it where i was glad that i did it because i made something i made pastizio and i ended up kind of messing up the the sauce it didn't turn out the way i wanted it to mm-hmm. and that gave me time to make it again yeah right and so it takes way, like, all the stress off. And you can, there's so many, so many cookbooks. There's so many recipes that you can find that will give you ideas for and what And then you'll learn where you, you can, can stop things. Yeah. So maybe it's not completely done, but it's halfway there. Yeah, exactly. And one thing I hate to do the day of is, or, like, really close when the, the guests are there is peeling garlic. Mm-hmm. If I can peel garlic the day before, I will, because... When I peel garlic, it's a, it's a whole thing. And usually there's there's cloves going everywhere. And it's messy with all yeah. the papers. And then your hands get sticky. And yeah. then they walk in through the door and they want to shake your hand. Okay. And you a shake their tip. hand. Okay, and their, their hands now start smell like garlic. And you're like, oh, man, I'm so sorry about that. But at least the vampires are gone. And then they're like, I don't care about vampires. My hands are sticky and smell like garlic. And they're like, okay, come over here. Now you got to wash your hand under some stainless steel. It's like, oh, the, okay, only so stain- you know. the only stainless steel we have is this really sharp knife. Now, don't cut yourself on the sharp... Ah, ah, there's blood everywhere. Where's the band-aids? We don't have band-aids. Here's some paper towel wadded up. Wrap it in some electrical tape. Yeah, this is why I don't go over to your house for dinner. Yeah. Because you, you don't peel garlic ahead of time. Yeah, I know. It's, well, it's just, just a health hazard. It is. Uh, so peel no, that garlic, folks. <laughs> and the thing is, is like those those last, you know, those in-the-moment, a la minute dishes are fantastic, and you can rock out on those. Uh, but... 
I think when we're talking about festivities and when we're talking about celebrations, you want the food to add and not hinder. And nobody likes to be stuck cooking alone yeah. when everybody else is in their, in their partying. And yeah. a lot of people have a more open concept, but you know, even then you're, you're not quite in it as much mm-hmm. unless you're having uh you're in a situation where everybody's cooking together. That is a riot. Yes. If you have, but like not everybody's going to want to do that. Not everybody's every, every party's going to be like that, but that's really fun too. If you actually mm. ha- think ahead and you're like, Oh, some, you know, people it's a can cooking party. It's a cooking party. We can have fun doing this. I do think because the idea is that you're eating the food plays a huge part of it, but it's it's not. If it's not perfect, it's not necessarily going to ruin your 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 party. Yeah. But when it's really good, it makes it something incredible. Yes. So what we see in food is that you can have something that is so basic and so ordinary because we eat every single day. And it's so ordinary, but then God takes something like bread and wine and transforms it into this heavenly meal that we get to partake, that we are united to Christ and partake in this meal with him in the Lord's Supper, that that we see that food is not only just to give us energy to survive. It's not about survival. It's about being fed spiritually and to see the beauty of it, that it is a a work of art and that we should strive in, in every meal that we make, that we try to be a little bit better, that we try to make it a little bit more beautiful, that we, that we, that we strive to generate more, more art, more family, more connection, more love with your brothers and sisters. And that's all you can do through food. Yeah, it happens at the table. Be pleasant. (laughs) Be pleasant. (laughs) We hope you have enjoyed the Ducks Never Waver lunch break. If you would like to fill your senses with more Ducks Never Waver goodness, you can feast your eyeballs on Instagram and Facebook. Touch some of our beautiful pieces that we will ship right to your door by ordering them through Etsy. Or you can continue hearing us on this magnificent culmination of auditory recordation. Donation buckets are in the description for you to invest in the betterment of this podcast. We will work diligently to read and present interesting topics. Your hard-earned money will be joyously and gratefully spent to improve your lunch break. Want to keep your hard-earned money? And who doesn't? You can still support us and yourself by rating, reviewing, subscribing, and sharing this here podcast with all the other ducks in your life. Stay quacky.